And our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, these are such familiar words to, to so many of us. And sometimes we gloss over things that are familiar. But by your spirit, Lord, you can teach us something new each time we look even at familiar passages. And so I ask for your blessing on Martin now as he comes to speak. Thank you for uh, all the preparation he's put in. Lord, may we hear from you this morning. Through, through what you have given him to, to share with us. Amen. Thank you, Alison. We've got a, yeah, PowerPoint there, Quentin, thanks. There we go. Great. So um, the Lord's Prayer is one of those prayers that I guess most of you would probably know by heart, um, or at least most of it. Many of us have prayed this in school, um, weddings, funerals. Most of you, I reckon, could recite uh, the Lord's Prayer by heart. Um, but Jesus has been teaching his disciples how to pray up to this point before he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. He's been saying, basically, um, keep it real and personal, keep your prayers simple, and make sure you pray as much in private as you do in public. In other words, prayer is a personal relationship with God. And then he says in verse 9, this then is how you should pray. And then he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so on. So what did Jesus mean by this then is how you should pray, our Father who art in heaven and so on? Did he mean that the only prayer that we can ever pray is the Lord's Prayer? Did he mean that every time we pray, we should only pray the words of the Lord's Prayer? Well, clearly not, because in the Bible, there are lots and lots of different types of prayer. In the Bible, you will find adoration, that's praising God for who he is. You will find thanksgiving, thanking God for answers to prayer, thanking God for Jesus. You will find petition, where we ask God for to meet our daily needs, whether they're physical or spiritual or emotional. You will find intercession, where we pray for the world, the nation, the church. You will find spiritual warfare prayer, where we pray that God would deliver us from the evil one, the devil, and that he would work in the world. So the Lord's Prayer contains all of the different types of prayer that we might pray. Now, you might have noticed that when we began the service, we had some prayers that were all about adoration and praise. We just start, we start the service, we're just thanking God for who he is, with praising him, with thanking him. And that's what the Lord's Prayer does. In starting 
our Father in heaven, we are starting with praise and adoration. We are recognizing who God is. And that's where really all of our prayers should start. Praising God, adoring him for who he is. So first, we should pray to our Father in heaven, verse 9a. Now let me ask you up front, do you know God personally as your Father in heaven? It's very easy to say the words of the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Our Father in heaven. But Jesus wants every single one of us to have a personal relationship with God so that we can say our Father in heaven as a personal prayer. Um, now, Sam and Margarita have, as loving parents, have a very loving and intimate relationship with Skylar. Um, they talk to her, she understands and responds. Um, apparently, I hear that uh, Sam is learning slowly Portuguese, uh, which I guess will become more and more important, Sam, as life goes on. And as, as your daughter and wife speak more and more Portuguese, I guess you're going to learn, get there and be fluent in it eventually, hopefully. But most of the time, Sam and Margarita understand what Skylar is saying, I guess, most of the time, don't you? you? Even the facial expressions, the cries, the body language, you understand because your parents who love her, you've spent time in her presence, you know what she needs and you meet those needs. And it's the same with God. He is our loving father in heaven. And he wants us to have a personal, loving, intimate relationship with him in prayer. That's why Jesus says, our Father in heaven. God wants everybody to come to know him as their personal Father in heaven in prayer. So that when you pray, you can know that God is the loving Father who understands you, hears you, and there's a two-way conversation. So how can this be? How can we have that kind of loving relationship with God as a father and a parent? Well, John in his gospel tells us, yet to all who received him, that's Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of uh, decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You can know God as your father in heaven. You can know God as your personal loving father and have a two-way conversation with him, just like parents do with their children, if you come to trust in him through Jesus. You see, Jesus left heaven where God is. The son of God, Jesus, left heaven. He came into the world and he invites all of us to trust in him. And if we trust in him and follow him, we can be adopted into the family of God. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, Jesus is the son of God by right. He was, he's always been the son of God. But you and I can get adopted into God's family and call God our father and know his love and care for us if we trust in his son, Jesus Christ. That's what John is saying. So I'm going to ask you, do you know God as your loving father? Have you come to God through Jesus? Have you received the Holy Spirit? 
who adopts you into God's family. If you will trust in Jesus and follow him, you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be adopted into God's family. And you can know God's love and care for you in this life and for eternity. You can know that there is a father in heaven who loves you, created you, and who has a purpose for your life. Sounds kind of good, doesn't it? So many people today lack true identity. They don't know who they are. They don't have a true meaning and purpose. Life feels empty and meaningless. Well, the good news is God created you because he's your loving father. God created Skylar, but God created all of us to have a relationship with him. And he sent Jesus into this world so that we can come home to him and know him as our loving father. He wants us to know him intimately and to enjoy his presence and to enjoy prayer. So the first thing, do you know God as your father? Have you trusted in Jesus? If you haven't, I'd invite you, get to know God. He's the best decision you can ever make. Trust me. Um, The best decision I ever made was to follow Jesus and come into the family of God. I now know joy, I now know peace, I now have a purpose for my life, and I have a living, loving relationship with God as my Father and Creator. Life has purpose and meaning. Ask, talk to any Christian, they'll tell you. It's the greatest decision you can ever make. So how can you find out more? Well, we have an Alpha course next door in our new lounge, which you'll see later when you go through for tea and coffee. Beautifully painted lounge. We, on a Tuesday night at 7.30, we have a meal and there is an Alpha course. You are welcome to join to find out more about Jesus Christ and how you can know God as your personal loving Father. Join us 7.30 on Tuesday night to find out more. Second part of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. Um, the, only, uh, the only time I ever hear the word hallowed used is in relation to football stadiums. Sometimes, you know, Wembley is described as hallowed turf or Twickenham, if you're a rugby fan. But hallowed is not a word that's used too often these days, is it? But to to hallow is to recognize as holy. God is holy, which means that he is perfect in all of his character. God is perfectly loving, perfectly just, perfectly compassionate, perfectly gracious, perfectly merciful. He is perfect in all of his ways and character. So to pray, hallowed be your name, is to pray that God's name would be hallowed by more and more people. Um, Sadly, people use the word Jesus as a swear word, don't they? You, You hear that, don't you, everywhere you go. Or they use the name of God as a kind of exclamation mark on the end of end of a sentence, don't they? You know, really, there's something in me that just grates with that. And uh, sometimes people apologize and say, oh, sorry, uh, sorry, Martin, I didn't mean to, uh, to use the name of Jesus in that way. Sometimes they do, not always. But there's something in me which kind of, I'm offended when I hear the name of God used in that way, or the name of Jesus, because God is holy. He is perfect in all of his ways. He is our loving father and creator. He must be honoured and hallowed. And when we pray, 
may your name be hallowed. We're praying that more and more people around the world would worship God for who he is, just like we're doing today. We're praying that Christians would hallow the name of Jesus by demonstrating in our words and our actions that God is holy, perfect, loving, just. So how do we do that as Christians? How can we pray for one another that we would hallow God's name? Well, when we pray, hallowed be your name, we're praying for Christians that they would show people what it means to be a Christian. People ought to be able to look at us as Christians and say, there's something different about you. There's something compassionate, kind about you that I don't see in others. We ought to be the kindest, most gracious, most generous, most just people on the planet, didn't we, as Christians? We should. So to pray, hallowed be your name, is to pray for ourselves that we would honour God through what we do and what we say. And we should be the most committed, conscientious work people at work as Christians. We should be the sort of people who demonstrate generosity and kindness to our neighbours. And as a church, we should hallow God's name by doing good in the community, shouldn't we? Which This is why we do food bank. This is why we serve in things like the bereavement cafe. This is why we provide hot meals as a church in the school holidays for families who need them. This is why we provide a, a, a place of community for people who are lonely and isolated in the community, be that through youth groups or be that through um, senior Saturdays or through the coffee stop. We do all of these things because God is loving, kind, compassionate, and he loves justice. And that's why we do these things, because we want to demonstrate to the community and to the world the sort of God who we love, right? Third, we are to pray prayers of intercession that God's kingdom would come more fully on earth as in heaven. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will is being done perfectly. There is no death no pain, no crying, no suffering in heaven. Which is why every time I do a, a Christian funeral, I love to be able to declare that the person who believed in Jesus is now free of all pain and suffering in the presence of God for eternity. It's one of the most wonderful privileges that I get to do as a pastor, is to, is to conduct a funeral where I can declare that the person is free of all suffering and is now with Christ in eternity. What a joy, what a privilege. But you will have noticed in the world right now that God's kingdom is not fully on earth as it is in heaven. We live in a world of floods in Pakistan. I was, I don't know about you, I was outraged and moved to tears this week by the suffering of uh, children and families in, in the Horn of Africa, in Somalia and Kenya with the drought there. You know, who cannot be moved by the suffering of, of innocent people in the Ukraine? This world is not as God created it to be. Ever since Adam and Eve believed the devil in the Garden of Eden, sin and evil and injustice and pain and death have entered into creation. We do not have the world that God created. Human beings have turned away from God and we have allowed the devil, a foothold in our world. But the good news is that God has not left his world 
to just, to just go to pot. He has sent his own son, Jesus, into the world to restore the kingdom. And Jesus did that in amazing ways. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. Every time Jesus healed the sick, the kingdom of God came more on earth. Every time Jesus cast out demons and delivered people from sickness and addictions and hopelessness, the kingdom of God grew on earth. Every time Jesus called people to follow him and they turned away from themselves and followed him, the kingdom of God grew on earth. And so to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is to pray that more and more of God's kingdom would break out on the earth. It is to pray that the sick would be healed. It is to pray that people who are trapped in addictive behavior would be set free. It is to pray for those who, who lack meaning and purpose in life, that they would find hope and joy and happiness by following Jesus Christ. That's what it means to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. More of God's kingdom to come on the earth. More and more people to find joy, fulfillment, healing, happiness, contentment, and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Sounds a good thing to pray for, doesn't it? God is in the business of restoring his kingdom reign on the earth until Jesus comes again. And when Jesus comes again, the Bible tells us that he will restore the kingdom fully on earth as it is in heaven. But until then, we are to work for the kingdom in doing justice and loving mercy. And we are to pray for the kingdom to come more fully. That's why we always include in prayers of intercession for the world and our community and our nation in, in, in the service. Because that's part of the pattern of the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Hello? You still with me? I was just checking you were still awake. I thought it sent you to sleep. <laughs> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying that more of God's kingdom would break into the world. More of God's justice. More of God's peace. More of God's reign and rule. Fourth, we are to pray a prayer of petition. Give us our daily bread. Now, bread is a, a symbol, a metaphor for all of our needs. Give us today our daily bread is saying to God, give us everything that we need for our daily lives. Spiritual things, that is assurance that we are God's, assurance that we are forgiven. But it's also physical things like food on the table, employment, jobs, shelter, peace, education, just government, safety, all of these things. It is, it is asking God to meet our physical, spiritual, and emotional needs. That's a wonderful prayer to pray. If you know God as your loving Father in heaven, because you've come to him through Jesus, you can ask God to meet not just the big needs, but the small needs. Every need that you have, you can bring to God, and he will hear you, and he will answer you. Isn't that amazing? God wants to hear your prayers, and he wants to answer the little things and the big things. Um, I, I try to start each day in my office there with a prayer of praise and adoration. Otherwise, you will probably never do this. My tendency is I come with a shopping list of requests to God, and I say, I've got this, I want sorted, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, and this, and this. Anybody else? Or is that just me? Okay, it's just me. All right, fair enough. <laughs> my problem. I try to start, I'm trying to remind myself to start with adoration and praise and thanksgiving for who God is before I get into the, the shopping list 
of give me my daily bread because there are plenty of things on my list that I need sorted, right? Anybody else? Yeah? But we should start with praise and adoration. Fifth, we're to pray a prayer of confession for our sins to be forgiven, verse 12. Sin is a debt which needs to be paid. Um, sin is not loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Anybody in here love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Some, Mark is claiming to love God with all his heart, soul, you try. None of us, none of us love God 100% with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because we don't, we fall short, and that is what the Bible calls sin, all right? We don't love God as, as we should. So there is a debt that has to be paid. Now, if I drove carelessly and uh, I bumped into your car because of careless driving, you'd expect my insurance to pay out, wouldn't you? Yes, Martin, you say. And you'd probably be a little bit annoyed and angry with me for bumping into your car. There's a debt that has to be paid because I've done damage to your vehicle. Now, we're in debt to God because we don't love him with all that we are and have. But Jesus paid that debt, that penalty, which is death, by dying for us on the cross. On the back wall there, it's a reminder. Jesus died to pay the penalty of our lack of love for God, which is sin. He died in our place for us to pay that penalty, to pay the debt that we could never pay. And the good news is that we can come to God, ask for forgiveness for all of our failures in life. And if we come to the cross and recognize that Jesus died for, for me, for my sin, I can be forgiven and I can have God in my life living in me by the Holy Spirit. So many people today don't have peace in their life. So many people today I come across are racked, they're just filled with resentment towards people who've hurt them. They're filled with guilt and regret and shame for mistakes that they've made in their past. They've got, they've, they've got, they've got, they may have everything in life. They may be well paid and have a really nice house, but I've come across so many people in their lives who, who've said to me, I don't have meaning or purpose. There's an emptiness in my life. And the, the good news is that if we will come to Jesus and recognize that he died to pay our debt of sin, he will give us forgiveness and peace. All of our shame and guilt and failure and resentment will be wiped out. The, the slate of our lives will be wiped clean. That's the greatest gift that any of us can ever receive in life, isn't it? Is to have a clear conscience, is to have a peace, is to know that God has dealt with our sin and that there is meaning and purpose in our lives. Sixthly and lastly, we're to pray, recognizing that as Christians, we're in a spiritual battle with the devil, the evil one. This is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that we will never be tempted. Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. The devil said to Jesus, who was fasting, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And Jesus says, no, man does not live on bread alone. 
but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus refused to give in to any of the temptations of the devil, even when the devil quoted the Bible at him. What Jesus means here is do not lead us into the sort of temptations where we are vulnerable and we have a weakness. Every single person in this room is vulnerable and has an Achilles heel in their life. Every single one of us is vulnerable in certain areas. We have weaknesses, right? And they may look different from one person to another. And what this prayer is about is saying, look, Lord, lead me not into the sort of temptations where I'm going to be vulnerable. Some people are very vulnerable to fear and anxiety. And when the devil tempts them there, they, they get tripped up. Some people are very vulnerable and weak in the area of sort of money and possessions, and they get distracted away or, or their faith choked by money and concerns over money and possessions. Some people are tempted away by difficult circumstances and struggles and sufferings in life. There are all sorts of ways that the devil can work on our Achilles heels to try and trip us up. And this is a prayer saying, Lord, strengthen me, deliver me, help me, particularly in those areas where I'm vulnerable and weak and likely to give in to temptation and to sin. So that's the Lord's Prayer. It's only 52 words, and this can be said in about 30 seconds, but it contains God's priorities for what to pray for. So we don't need to repeat the Lord's Prayer every day, but we do need to try and... Um, Reiterate the priorities of the Lord's Prayer, starting with adoration, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, praying, that, petitioning that God's name would be honoured through us and in the world. Petitioning him for daily bread, asking that his kingdom would come more fully on earth as it is in heaven. And asking in those prayers of spiritual warfare for him to deliver us from temptation. All the types of prayer are in there in the Lord's Prayer, aren't they? They're all there. And God wants us to pray all of these types of prayer every day. But I'll, I'll say it again. Do you know God as your loving Father? Have you come to him through Jesus the Son? If not, I'd invite you. Why don't you come to know God as your loving Father in heaven by trusting in Jesus the Son so that you too can say, our Father in heaven, so that you can know the loving embrace and intimacy and warmth and care of your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are our Father in heaven. Thank you that you, you didn't stay remote from us, but you sent your Son Jesus into the world and that you offer us an intimate, loving, fatherly relationship with you. Thank you, Father. And I pray, Lord, for any here who do not yet know you, Lord, that you would help them to make a journey to know and love you through Jesus Christ. And Lord, for all of us as Christians, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to make these priorities in the Lord's Prayer part of our daily prayer routine. Lord, help us to begin with adoration and praise and thanksgiving. And Lord, help us not just to come with a shopping list of requests, but to recognize who you are, to recognize your greatness, your holiness, and Lord, help us to pray these priorities in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.